Welcome to the sixth and final episode of this season of Oots. But don't worry, we are already working on season two of Out of the Studio, and we'll be starting it all again at the end of February 2018 with a live taping at the Graphic Designers of Canada Manitoba Chapter Annual General Meeting. That's a mouthful. All right, who do we have today? We've got Shigunu Lude. Born in Lagos, Nigeria, he attended Methodist Boys High School in Lagos. After moving to Canada, Shagun graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree, graphic design major from the University of Manitoba, and then joined one of Winnipeg's leading design firms in 1994. Shagun also holds a National Diploma in Fine Arts from the School of Art, Printing, and Industrial Design of well-known Yaba College of Technology, Lagos, Nigeria. He completed all coursework for the ISDP MA at Syracuse University and graduated with an MFA in Graphic Design program at Vermont College of Fine Arts in Vermont, USA. Currently, Shagunalude runs a collaborative graphic design studio, Indigo Inc. Studios, and teaches part-time as a sessional instructor at the University of Manitoba School of Art. His professional portfolio includes various editorial and magazine design, corporate identities, event branding, web design, commemorative postage stamp for Canada Post, that's pretty cool, and the event branding and collateral materials for TEDx Winnipeg since 2013. Shagun is involved in various professional and community organizations in Canada and participates in an annual non-profit, faith-based rural community development mission with his wife. Shagun also teaches various professional development courses each year in Canada and Nigeria, including personal storytelling, visual presentations to high school students on immigration, integration, and multiculturalism through Historica Canada and Passages Canada. What are you doing right now and where did you come from? Originally, I came from Nigeria, West Africa, a very tropical place which is very different from Manitoba. I came to Brandon University to study art and design in, in a way of improving my design skills. Then I got there, everything was small, there were not enough courses, so I ended up in Winnipeg. So I did my BA at the University of Manitoba, and I've been here ever since, doing design, teaching design, and that's been my life. Fabulous. So what would you have done if you weren't going to be a graphic designer? I think I may have been a policeman or an immigration officer because my dad was an immigration officer. <laughs> so that type of uh, government job sort of ran in the family a bit? Well, I mean, there was encouragement to go that way because you probably, you know, develop fast and go through the system fast. But I had absolutely no passion for it. Yeah. And my dad was of old school who thought art was something for lazy men. And he made himself, he, he made it clear, you know, all the time. But one day he saw me working on one project for three straight days. And at the end of that, he came into my room and said, you really love this work? I said, yes. He says, well, if that's what you want to do, make sure you're the best in it. That was like a release for me. I was so happy. How that old day. are you then? I was probably 16 then. Oh, wow. Yes. Do you remember what the project was? It was an album cover, one of the first few when I went to the Polytechnic in Nigeria, 
one of our first few assignments just to see how we could do with design. Yeah. And I look back at that project today, I would not even show it to anyone. <laughs> I was going to ask if you still had it. <laughs> I, if I had it, I, I would not show it to anyone. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. fair enough. So, you, yeah, you weren't really interested in, in being uh, like a government-style employee? No, I always wanted to be an artist. Even when you were young, young? Even when I was young, young. I, yeah. I had tons of drawing sheets and drawing books, as they called them back then. Mm-hmm. And it was just something I did, and I always knew I would become an artist. But I didn't know anything about graphic design until much later in life. Mm-hmm. I think I was about 15, 16. Yeah when I was exposed to that. And I thought, hmm, you could actually really make money from this. Mm -hmm. That was the idea. Make money while doing something that I enjoy doing. And that's how I ended up in what we call graphic arts Mm -hmm. in Nigeria. But here it's graphic design. So when you were 13, 14 years old, rolling around with you, must have had books and pencils all over the place. What did your friends think of you? Everyone called me an artist. And in, in fact, there was a, a, a name in a local language called Oluya, which means the one that draws. But it also, in a second meaning, means an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so they took, they, they took pleasure in calling me an Oluya every time, which meant... Someone that draws and but an idiot at the same time. How can that have the two same meanings? That's crazy. <laughs> well, the Yoruba language is very rich in that. You've okay. got to actually listen all the time uh-huh. you know, to what the intended meaning is and okay. the context. It's all it. about context. Context. Oh, gosh, yeah. that's funny. It was a rich language to also help develop your creativity and your creative thinking as well. Oh, yeah, gets yes, you. gets your brain going. That's fabulous. Yeah, I think... I think uh, uh, in its Mandarin, uh, ma going up means horse, but ma going down means wife. <laughs> so you have to be careful. I, I probably got that completely wrong. Everyone listening to the podcast now will go, no, 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 that's wrong. But I know that there, like, there's intonal languages, and the slight twist on the word changes the meaning entirely. Absolutely. That's really cool. Yeah. So what do you think makes for bad design? That's a harsh question, but... I'm not interested mm. in what makes good design. I want you to tell me what's bad design. Okay. <laughs> we have to look at the word design itself, which is a planned exercise, something you really think about and you go about doing. And I always try to differentiate in my head that I could wake up inspired this morning and decide to do an art piece. And that's totally valid. But with design, it seems like I'm looking to bring something to life that will be very useful, informative, or helpful in some way to maybe a particular set of people or the general public, however you define that. And so bad design then would be an exercise that you carry out that does not solve a problem, does not add value to human life, and it's probably not well done. So... Before classifying it as bad design, I would actually say this needs a review. <laughs> so once again, it's like context. The context, context has to work. Context, okay. use, form, function, all of those have to be well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who or uh, what would your inspirations be? Ah, 
Well, let's start. <laughs> let's start from the person that grabbed me when I was just getting into the business. Rob Peters would be number one. Of course, he trained me well, and he also was my first employer here in Canada. So he would be my number one inspiration. Mm-hmm. And my number two inspiration would be Maida John. He is now at MIT, I believe, and his work at that time using the computer for experimental design was very inspirational for me. And I could go on and mention Michael Beirut, mm-hmm. and of course, those who would soon classify to be old masters. Yeah. <laughs> there are many of them that I would like to mention, but yes, I, I get inspiration still from a lot of designers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you need a soda? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> That's good. So, lots of inspiration around. And today, you, you get inspiration even from just looking at Instagram posts of young designers that are just developing new techniques that were not available to us while we were still on yeah. the journey here. Yeah, design now is, uh, or, or just, well, I mean, I'm a photographer, right? And so I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's just every five seconds, there's some new photo that someone's putting up. And a lot of the time it's, you know, banal or not interesting, but sometimes they're just fabulous. And it's done by some 14-year-old kid and it just blows me out of the water, right? Like I'm, I'm nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and that happens in design too. Mm-hmm. However, you still see what the basic principles of design are, whether the designer knows it or not, mm-hmm. if we call them loosely designer, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not, you can tell what principles they're using. Yeah, it has to fill the frame pleasingly, or has to work on more than one level at a time, and it doesn't have to, cl- it can't clash, it has to all flow together. Yeah, it's all very, it's all very zen. Actually, the more I'm in- interviewing designers, the more I realize how, you know, Buddhist things are, actually. <laughs> it's very, it's very <laughs> zen, design. everything's connected, yes. and everything has to flow, yeah. right? So, that's great. What do you, what do you love to do that has nothing to do with uh, your day job, quote-unquote? Well, right now, I do a lot of teaching, but I teach about design. Teaching about the basic principles of design, what needs to be in a design. It doesn't matter whether it's graphic design or something more industrial, like a product. I like teaching about that. Mm-hmm. And I also still you know, love practicing design, so it would always be my day job. Yeah. But I like helping people above all. Yeah, so I don't know why there's something inside, you know, just to sit down with someone for five minutes and get them from A to B, and hopefully they get to C and keep moving on their journey. It doesn't matter what yeah. um, I'm talking to them about, but I see myself as a coach. Well, you said yep. uh, uh, that you're heading back to Africa shortly to, yes. to do that. So it's almost like a design humanitarian effort. If you would give it a label, yes. <laughs> if you will. Designers yes. without borders. You know, design helps a lot in, in many ways that people don't even pay attention to. Um, one of the things that I'm starting to really think seriously about is that design should be taught even in primary school. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. We learn mathematics, we learn English, we learn geography, all of those basics. But what about design? 
design is actually a very helpful thing to anyone in any industry. There's a wall in my house. We have an alarm, uh, an alarm thing mounted on that wall, and then we have an intercom mounted on that wall, and we have a switch mounted on that wall. None of them align to each other. <laughs> you can imagine how every day when I go to bed, I see that <laughs> wall, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> the simple principle of alignment yeah. will resolve that problem. Right. So that's one. Yeah. What about spacing things? Yeah. So alignment, space, composition, those are things that anyone in any industry should know. Also, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're a chemical engineer or a lawyer or... So you would interact with design at some point or the other. You're going to buy it or use it, mm -hmm. you know, use it on your business card or your stationery for your business. Design is so important that we need to know the basic one plus one equals two, just like we teach arithmetic and mathematics in schools, mm -hmm. we ought to be teaching basic elements of design, not mm -hmm. just the art, because the art allows for a more loose creativity. We need to yeah. talk about principles of design yeah. at an early age. Yeah, visual literacy. Visual literacy. Yeah, I, the first time I heard of that um, was sort of, talking about design, uh, sorry, uh, philosophy of photography. I've got all kinds of theory of photography books. And then this phrase popped up about visual literacy. And I, my brain w was on, on fire because it never occurred to me. It's like, well, there's, everyone just says literacy. Okay, literacy, that's great. We can understand grammar and punctuation and what a word in a sentence means. But then there's also number literacy. And then there's uh, other, many other forms of literacy exactly. going on. Exactly. And the, the, they get ignored in school. And that's really kind of funny only certain things get hit yes. but you're right there should be it's kind of like uh, civic values or something yes and they, they should need be to teach that harder in school i agree there should be design literacy just as they are now starting to clue into financial literacy as well yeah. you know so there are other things that need to keep us going that we mm -hmm. must you know study yeah 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 more than the abc one two three type yeah. of stuff so what books would you recommend that uh, some people should read about design or otherwise? Maybe you just really like Harry Potter or something. I don't know. <laughs> History of Graphic Design. All right. <laughs> by, by Megs. By whom? Megs. Megs. Yes. Okay. Any, any, any version that you can get. History just of Graphic Design by Megs. Yes. Okay. Any... Any... Uh, any edition that you can get it's about the same thing you know okay. that's a very good book to start with gives you an overview of what design is mm -hmm. and yeah okay that seems like a that's a good one just one that's the one start, start from there <laughs> that's the one. start from there sometimes we recommend too many things at the yeah, same time yeah. and i tend to be like a step-by-step mm -hmm. -step kind of person when i'm talking to people yeah. if you don't want to know one thing then why push the other just yeah. start from there well there's probably yeah. multitudes in that one book just Absolutely. overwhelming amounts of, of good stuff so that would be enough you know what if you don't read it look at pictures <laughs> that's right <laughs> So what do you do on the side to stay creative besides being a, a teacher and loving design so much? You must do something else. I do. 
And it's called photography. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to check out your I, Instagram feed. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm probably notorious for the kinds of things that I post. How are you notorious? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I'm very eclectic to start with. Okay. It's not a thematic thing at all. Mm -hmm. But... As I'm talking to you, I'm already looking at 10 different things that I want to photograph. <laughs> yeah, the studio has got lots of it's funny studio. stuff in here. Yes. Well, wait, now's your chance. You're you're live on, uh, people are listening to you on this podcast right now. What's your Instagram? It's my first name and last name together, Shegun Olude. Okay. That's it. You know, so Instagram.com slash Shegun and okay. you'll find it. All right. Uh, We'll, we'll put that up there in a, as a link to Now I'm website. shaking in my shoes. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get more followers now. <laughs> so how do you think that the industry is going to change over the next little while, you know, 5, 10, 15 years? It started changing five years ago. And the word is code. Mm -hmm. You hear it all the time, coding, coding, coding. Learn to code. Mm-hmm. I don't, mind, I don't really care what language you choose, whether it's Swift or you want to go into PHP, whatever it is, but learn basic HTML mm -hmm. and do something with it. The intersection of print type of design and digital type of design, it's really not an intersection anymore. It's become almost the one thing. So to not know both right now would be a problem. And once you know the basics, I think it's another step in the right direction to go where design is going. Um, gone are the days when we say, oh, you're a designer and you're a coder. Mm -hmm. Right now, you're just a designer. It's mm -hmm. a new type of tool to use to help you do your work. Just as we transitioned to computers a few years back, now it's design and code. So that's the next area of challenge. The other thing that I see is that elements of photography and filmmaking are starting to show up in design as well, you know. And this is one area of my challenge to learn how to work really well with, well, let's say creating short films. Hmm. You've got to have a skill in that area, you know, to be able to put something together that actually moves and does what it's supposed to do. Because... When you step back, it's less about the word design, but more about communication. And to be very good communicators, we now have all these tools at our disposal and all these opportunities, and we've got to you know, start thinking in a more, um, how do I put it? You've got to stop thinking about just being purely a graphic designer per se, but think of what additional skills you could have that would enhance your work. So code and learn to do something that moves, right. <laughs> whether it's animation or film or so. Well, things are getting much more cinematic, as you say, much more photographic. Yes. I mean, even just uh, the style of photography. I mean, I'm a bit of a student of the history of photography, too. And the type of uh, photographs that are, were put out as examples of, you know, good things in textbooks in the, even in the 70s and 80s now are, I think, not good at all, actually. They're really subpar, but they were in the textbooks as saying, well, here's this is a, a landscape or here's a nude or here's a bowl of fruit or whatever. Yes. And they're just 
they're not exciting, they're not interesting, and I think uh, things have been really shaken up. Perhaps uh, we we've got uh, camera phones to blame, or you know, uh, the use of filters or things like that built in. Uh, uh, and Instagram definitely is sort of turning everyone uh, having their own port, uh, photographic portfolio, right? Like instantly everyone can say, oh yes, I'm a photographer. And that's a, that's a and good thing. I like that. It is a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. Yeah. But, you know, you, you, as a designer, you're almost going to be the priest, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> you have to know a little more. Yes, you're the keeper of the power. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... There has to be authority. I mean, yeah, Instagram and Facebook are great, but that sort of the, the 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 playing field is just absolutely so level that there's there's no such thing as good or bad because people don't want to evaluate, right? Because everyone's supposed to be equal, but there is such a thing as good and not so good. So yes. yeah. The other thing with Facebook, Instagram, and all those tools, you know, social media generally, is that everyone uses the same tools. You know, whatever Snapchat can give you, whatever yeah. Instagram can give you, whatever Adobe, yeah. Spark Post can, can give think, you. Yeah. But the designer is on another level where they're thinking, this is what I want to achieve, and they'll do whatever they have to to get that effect or result. Mm -hmm. So that's where some of the differences will come in. Absolutely. So you probably already answered this, but I mean, how do you find balance in your uh, professional career and, and life? It just seems that you don't need balance because you love everything you're doing. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I, I would say this very openly. I know there, be, there might be thousands of people listening to this, maybe millions. Poss possibly hundreds <laughs> and dozens of people listening to this. Yeah. I, have a, I have a small confession. Years ago, I would go to school in the morning and I'd come back till 11 p.m. It was all about my work, achievement, you know, getting better. And mm -hmm. I did the same thing with my work. I would go to work in the morning. I didn't really think about home mm -hmm. until my wife was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm like, you what? We have a perfect life. No, you have a perfect life. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> You're doing all the things you want to do. Mm -hmm. So we ended up mending a marriage yeah. and we actually teach that too now that you've got to have everything in balance so yeah. for me my spiritual relationship has to be balanced my physical relationship and emotional relationship with my wife family friends has to be balanced my work has to be balanced. and then You mean giving equal time? Equal balanced? time, yes. That's what you mean? Okay. And that's why I wear the symbol, the square uh -huh. bracelet, all the time to remember, uh, to remember all the four areas of life that must be balanced. Okay. See, this part is spiritual. One, one part of my square bracelet is spiritual. Uh -huh. Another part is about my relationships. Okay. Another part is about work. Uh -huh. And the final part is about me. Because without okay. me, if I'm not balanced, if I don't have everything in place, okay. then I'm useless to everybody. Then, then there's nothing there. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing for anyone. Right. But you cannot allow work to take all the areas of your life. Before right. you know it, you would have lost your relationship and it would affect your work. Yeah. So everything is interrelated. And... 
each designer or listener has mm -hmm. to find their own place of balance. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we lose everything. So it, you don't be surprised. You know, sometimes I have a heavy load on my desk mm -hmm. or my desktop in this case. And I will still say to myself, no, Saturday, we're driving to Gimli. <laughs> and nothing is going to stop us. That's great. Because I have to nurture that relationship. Yeah. And this is one area where we do not talk about a lot in, you know, at work because we, we, we go to work to work. I know. But we never talk about the other areas of life that help us do better at work. Yeah. So... If you want to save your life, have balance in everything. That's Just right. find your balance. If it's mountain climbing, go for it. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. There's a difference between a living and a life. Yes. What is the question you wish that I had asked? I think you've covered quite a few things. <laughs> Wait, no. What's your favorite color? Actually, that's like asking me which one of my kids is my favorite kid. <laughs> that's a dangerous that's question. A, no, it's a useless you know, question. I don't fall for that anymore. <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy coming from a culture where we describe color. For instance, we, we have names for white, mm -hmm. we have names for red and black, mm -hmm. but most of the colors are descriptive. For instance, green in my language would be awo ewe, which means the color of vegetation. Oh, so literal. I come into a society where you have numbers for green. I'm talking about Pantone colors. <laughs> it's very cold. And, and now I can go, hmm, should I use 375 for that? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's kind of crazy. It's almost abstract, and yet yeah. there's something about it that's so precise, mm -hmm. that's so design mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not you know subjective so mm -hmm. i've i've got a new relationship with color mm -hmm. what wait what's the what is blue in in your language blue it's the color of the sky it, it, ar arrow is dye and the dye that is common in my area of West Africa is the indigo dye. That's why the business name is Indigo in Studios. There you go. There you <laughs> and, go. And Arodudu means the dark dye. So it, there's no real specific color name for blue as oh, much great. as, you know, by description. You know, you use sunset to describe certain types of reds mm -hmm. you know our summer which means the color of the evening sun or you know, so oh, that's fabulous it, yeah that's and so much richer and poetic than it's purple, a purple orange blue yes pink and it's, <laughs> it's a good advantage for me as a designer yeah. and probably for that's why we have a very rich visual culture where i come from you know but at the same time it's harder to describe to someone mm -hmm. you know which red do you mean oh i love 185 yeah it's 185 it's, it's a what are you talking about oh 1795 it's the sun setting something. over nigeria what's the matter with you <laughs> look at us talking numbers for colors that's, that's right. really crazy yeah well I, I wish someone would compile a book full of things like that from every language all across the world just different uh, nuances about like well in this culture this is how they describe color and then in this culture um, English doesn't even have a word but it's called the uh, it's it's described as the heartache of dancing or something like that you know because English every language has its own 
you know, uh, shortfalls, yes. right? There's blank, huge blank spots. Yes. And I would, it just would open your mind so much to, to hear descriptions and, and definitions for words that don't exist. That's true. And um, I think this is something that we all have to participate in doing. You know, I'm doing my part right now, working on a language project for the Yoruba language, which was my original language in Nigeria. And I'm looking at the culture of the people. I'm looking at how they name things. Because all those things, when you think about neuro-linguistic programming, the way you name things, the way you call yourself, and all those things, they have an effect of programming your mind as to your perception to life itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm studying the culture, the language, and I would actually be having an exhibition this September, mm -hmm. a major exhibition to show some of those findings. So In Winnipeg? In Winnipeg, here. Oh, gosh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully I can provide some information that might be useful to yeah. others. So are you, are you sort of documenting the language? Is that what you're talking I about? I have over uh, probably 3,000 photographs of people, places, things, and I'm writing okay. about them, and I've got a book going right now. So so it's, it's everything. It's not just the language. It's like the it's places It's not just the language. The I've actually created typefaces as well to help the language because in the language where you have the O, you also have the O in the language, which means the O with a dot under, okay. which is a specific thing. So you can say O or A. Mm -hmm. So if different. I go with the alphabet in the language, it's A, B, D, A, F, E, G, B, E, E, G, K, L, M, N, O, O, P, R, C, K, S, T, U, V, Y. There's no Z. Oh. There's no C. Okay. And we don't have a V. So, you know, it creates a problem in yeah. naming things or translation. So was there never an actual written language before? And Not This is how you're running into trouble? Not until we made contact okay. with, well, colonial times. Mm -hmm. That's when it, it was committed into writing. Before then, everything was oral. Mm -hmm. And it created a bit of a design challenge, so to speak. So now they have a standard set of characters mm -hmm. for the language, but it's never always represented in typefaces. Right. So Google is doing a good job now trying to get all the languages of the world. Oh, really? That's so great. They, they actually they have a very good project going on for the languages of the world that I think should be of interest to any designer. But for my part, I'm looking at the lifestyle of the people, how they do their writing, how they use the language, and trying to help bring that language in written form into the modern age so that we stop doing things by hand because we don't have the right typefaces. Right. Well, that seems to be the sort of the history of the 19th century is, is that, you know, the Europeans kind of went rampaging all over the place and then they run into these different cultures and their yes. oral cultures and they said, well, gosh, we need to build you an alphabet so that then we get the Cree and the Ojibwe yes. and the Inuit with the, these squiggles on paper which yes. never existed before. It never existed before. <laughs> so we're thankful for that in one way because we can communicate visually in yeah. written text now mm -hmm. where we wouldn't have been able to do that at one time. So all of these you can see how they play into graphic design because now typography to me is another area of interest where I'm paying attention Mm -hmm. to the functional forms of it as it affects spoken language. That's fabulous. Or the other way around. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. 
It's funny that we ended up talking about you know languages and and uh, and oral history and things like that. So, do you have any uh, final words of uh, wisdom you'd like to tell the, our uh, our listener? Well, depending on where you are, number one, work hard, rest hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You can loaf hard after find, you work hard. Exactly. <laughs> you've, you've got to find your passion about life. The reason is, if you find your passion, you'll be contributing something to a whole human experience. But if you do not, or you want to follow someone else's passion, maybe your dad said, oh, you should become a lawyer, or you should become a doctor, and you just leave that passion that you have inside of you, then you're denying the whole human race of something special. So find your passion, and don't let anyone stop you from contributing to our overall human experience. That's fabulous. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for having me here. That was great. <laughs> this has been a production by GDC Manitoba. Andrew Boardman, Evan Coos, who you heard at the, uh, the end there, chiming in, and me, Leif Norman. Music for Oots has been supplied by The Scissor Kicks. Okay, everyone, that's the end of Season 1. We're in production of Season 2 starting pretty soon, so thanks for listening, and I hope we all learn something. 